overrated parts of the Appalachian Trail. I think that McAfee Knob is overrated. Mount Washington. To get to the top and then there's just like a bunch of cars and there's a bunch of buildings and stuff. That was a bit of a bummer. Grayson Highlands. Oh boy. I'm not saying we should kill the ponies or anything like that. Was that ever an option? I'm gonna go with the stairs at Amicalola Falls. I hiked up those stairs in like two seconds and then I forgot they existed two seconds later. The next one I had was shelters in general. Mice crawling over you or mice falling from the rafters in the middle of the night. Okay, next overrated spot on the AT. This one is Mount Katahdin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a huge hiking nerd, like you wouldn't believe. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. And this week's guest is definitely a hiking nerd. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know him and, and you love him. Uh, if you're new, if you're watching on YouTube especially, then uh, then this might be your first time meeting the one and only Baker Bocorny. Baker, welcome to Trail Tales. Welcome to your first Whoa. video episode of Trail Tales. I know. I just waved. I don't know if I'm supposed to wave. You can wave. Um, you can wave. I, I, I'll wave again. I'll wave again. Yeah, this is weird because I'm looking at, um, uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at my phone. So I'm like trying to have a conversation with just the backside of my phone. But that's okay. I'm I'm going to just, you know, if I, if I have a cold stare, just that's why. Yeah, well, it'll be all right. Um, so if you're if you're listening on, you know, Spotify or Apple or whatever, if you're listening to audio only right now, dude, what are you doing? You, you, you've heard all of these episodes with Baker over the years, but you don't even know what he looks like. He barely posts on his Instagram. You got to go to YouTube so you can see his face. And he's got a great, great setup, by the way. I'm just sitting in my living room. And all I have is the stupid banner, but um, Baker like has this beautiful setup. He's got like an AT symbol. He's got uh, a photo album, I think, from him and his from, wife from the AT. Yep. So oh, cool. Jessica did the background setup, so this is not. I can't claim. Uh, I can't claim that I did this. She thought about it. She's like, she even had like multiple options, like on the other side, if the lighting was better over there. So she really thought it through. Okay. Well, it looks great. Um, and yeah. so. Baker, thank you for coming back on. Thank you for for doing it uh, video. And by the way, you have like I'm a excited. you have like a booger or something. I I think it is. Do you want to just do you want to just get that? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. No. Let me just pick my nose in. Yeah. Here we go. This did this old trick. Oh. <laughs> this is gonna be a great episode. I did earlier. Uh, I did have a booger like before we started recording, and I was like, I really gotta watch out for that now because like, yeah. Oh, or, yeah. or just have the camera like up high enough where like, you can't see in up the nostrils. I think that's kind of the important part. Yeah. Yeah. There's been multiple it's, times yeah. over the course of my YouTube content career where I've filmed an entire video and then looked back at the footage and noticed that I had like a booger or like something oh. on my face. Like, yeah, it's not good. Really? Like yeah. entire videos? Yes. Oh. Entire videos. And so now... Every time you before I check. film, I, I brush my teeth, yeah. I floss, I blow my nose, and I shave. I have this whole yeah. routine. Unless I'm on trail, right. then I, <laughs> like, you know, pick my ass and hit record. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. that's that's different. Because on trail, I mean, you got it. It makes sense. Things I would never think of, but now I'm now I'm thinking about it now that I'm being recorded yep. in video. So Yep. But anyways, we are going to be doing overrated parts of the Appalachian Trail. Because nothing brings the trail community together like talking about how shitty parts of the trail are um this is just complaining complaining is a shared is a shared bonding exercise you know yes. like we're just gonna get together and just like we can all everyone loves to complain it's a just in our in our nature i think 
Yeah, it is. No, it's going to be fun for real. Uh, I'm excited. And I don't know, Baker, do you want us, do you want to start us off? What, what is the first over? And this isn't in any, actually, let me clarify this. This is not in any particular order. Um, and there wasn't really like a super strict criteria for this either. It was kind of just like, it could be specific places on the AT. It could be towns. It could be entire states or sections of the trail. Just anything at all related to the AT that is overrated, basically. So that's the criteria. Yeah. Most wanted places, there's one that's just a, a not a. It's a plate. It's a thing that's everywhere on the trail. So it's kind of like oh. uh, that's that's kind of the oddball. But we'll, okay. we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, why don't you go ahead and start us off then, Baker? All right, looking at my look at the show notes. Okay, first one is for overrated would be Blood Mountain. Just kind of going oh. thinking going nobo. And what I mean by that is not that the view is bad, but specifically what I'm talking about is like the climb up was like I I, I guess what I'm thinking of is like kind of the the few miles like leading up to Blood Mountain, going northbound at least. Um, I remember a lot of people on trail talking about how there was like, oh, this is huge blood mountains coming up. This is huge climb. You know, we're never going to survive. Like, you know, like it's just kind of like that fear, not like really fear mongering, but a little bit of the kind of like, you know, just talking about how hard it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and so just, I had this expectation that it was just going to be absolutely brutal. And I don't know, it got to the top. I was like, that wasn't that bad. Like, I don't know. So to me, that <laughs> felt like in terms of the difficulty that would, it was like, you know, the claim to difficulty of uh, climbing it was like, it, never, it didn't lead up to that. It didn't live up to that expectation. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I actually almost put Blood Mountain on my list. I'm not going to lie. I thought about it. Um, I think maybe for slightly different reasons. I think I was more going for how it's just like the first like big climb on the AT, other than I guess the approach trail. And yeah. I feel like it just has like a lot of hype because of that. And I was like, eh. But... I get what you're saying for sure. And this is actually a great segue um, into my first one because instead of doing Blood Mountain, I put Neil's Gap as an overrated oh. spot on the AT. Just the spot in general? Like what about yeah. it? Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I see what you mean. Yes. It's like just like, because Neil's Gap, I guess, is like a hyped up early thing that you're going to, you know, early notable point that you're going to encounter going northbound on the trail. And you just, and like, so you meant like you got there and you were just like, Eh, it's just whatever. Yeah. And listen, there's probably some like AT hopeful who's going to be leaving in like a month and a half here that's hearing this and they're like, Neil's gap sucks. But uh, we're not saying it sucks, but um, I thought it was a little bit overrated. It's like the first place you stop on your through hike. It's the first place to resupply. And it is like an iconic part of the AT, which I feel like a lot of the things I'm going to mention are kind of iconic parts in this video. But yeah. um, like, I don't know. It's just a store and like the arch is cool, I guess. And, and the, the tree with the boots is cool, but other than yeah. that, it's just a gear store and they don't really have, or I guess I don't really know for sure. Cause it's been a, a few years since we've through hiked, but, um, in 2018, mm. all it had for food was like some frozen pizzas. So I don't know. It's cool, but I'm glad it's there, but it's not like, God, what were you expecting? I guess what, like, what were you thinking it was going to be? And then like, why was that a, you know, what was it? What it did not have? I mean, it it pretty much was on par with my expectations. I just feel like just because it is the first stop, it's just so iconic. And so I'm not even saying that people are out there like hyping it up. Like, dude, Neil's Gap is like the sickest thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think you really hear me many people like saying that even. 
But I don't know. It's just like, it is just an iconic spot. And so I just feel like that comes with a lot of just like built in, maybe not even hype isn't the right word, but just like uh, fame. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's I, just not that special. Yeah. I think there's, there's hype to me. It's hype because it's kind of a milestone in terms of mileage. I feel like, Oh yeah. Um, Cause I agree. Like the store, it, it's cool that it's, there's like a store, like a gear store and a pretty decent resupply, like right on trail like that. But yeah, it's not, I guess there's nothing like particularly amazing about it, but I feel like it's more of, it's more hyped as like a actual milestone in terms of like the distance you've traveled since the beginning. At least that's kind of how I thought of it. Yeah. Um, is like, I mean, the 30 miles and like, which is, it sounds funny, like in the grand scheme of things, by the time you're at the end, like 30 miles is nothing, but I don't know when it's like, you're just beginning, you're like, wow, 30 miles is, is I don't know. I guess it felt like a big deal, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like the spot itself, um, I think it's as it's as, it's what I expected. I, I would agree with that. It wasn't like it didn't blow my blow my mind when I went there. But I thought it it is just kind of like in the lore of the Appalachian yeah. Trail. It's obviously like a super iconic spot, like you said, the the tree and the arch and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I could see I could see you thinking it's overrated. That kind of makes sense. I'm gonna get some some hate for this one for sure. Dude. Definitely, I think we're gonna get hate for a lot of these. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a. <laughs> Okay, this, this is all. Is in, it's all for fun, okay? Like, <laughs> people are gonna be like, "You assholes just took an hour Ugh. to complain about the AT." Like, what is this? But and this is YouTube, so we're gonna see all the comments. So it's gonna, oh yeah. yeah, don't read the comments, gonna, Baker. Don't read the I'm, comments. I'm not planning on it. I they'll can't never. They'll never see you again. No, I'm just kidding. Can't. I can't handle it. No, I'm gonna be deleting every comment that isn't just nothing but glowing positivity on this uh, very negative episode. So I mean, just keep that in mind. Like, super mean then you know that yeah. makes sense but if, there, if there's like legitimate gripes then you gotta leave it in there i, well, I think i could take a little i could take some criticism I, so. i'm joking yeah that's like generally my philosophy when it comes to comments is yeah. if you if you uh you know if you if you leave a comment that's constructive criticism or legitimate gripes i guess in baker's words then i'm never going to delete that stuff but if you're just going to write like, oh, like fucking Kyle's background is way shittier than Baker's fuck him. If you're going to write something like Actually, that. Actually, leave that. Leave it. that one in there. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll leave that one. But Please you know do. Write, write so many of them, people, that he can't keep up. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um, now that we're done complaining about the very first iconic Neil's milestone death. on the AT, what is the next overrated, in your opinion, part of the AT? All right. The next one for me was... Mount Washington and oh good it's one. not I mean it, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit as we were like kind of preparing for this episode but um I think part of like the experience that you have in a place which can be you know can change based on like the weather or the people around you whatever definitely kind of colors it obviously oh you know, totally it colors and influences the experience but for me, I think what was overrated. So Mount Washington, it is absolutely beautiful up there. But the part that just kind of bummed me out, there's there's one thing that's is is a legitimate gripe, and there's another one that's an an incredibly petty gripe, okay. which I fully admit. The first one, which I think is legitimate, is that it's just kind of a bummer when like there's a bunch of cars driving around on top of a mountain. Um, this is also the case, like in, I've had the same experience, like in Colorado, there's like a couple 14ers that you can drive your car to. I think it's great that people like that there are super high peaks you can drive to because it makes them more accessible. And I think that's awesome. But for me, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to climb a peak, when I get to the summit, my preference is that, like, it's just, you know, there's not like a big, I don't know, there's not a ton of infrastructure up there, I guess. And there's not like a parking lot and there's not like a giant hut with donuts. I mean, I guess like it's, Sometimes it's kind of cool, but um, 
don't know. That's kind of a bummer. So that's part of it is like you there's, do a ton of work. There's donuts in, up there? I, thought, I know there's a oh, food well, I'm, court. I, sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm thinking of Pike's Peak, which is um, oh, I was a 14er like, Colorado. That does have donuts too. But I yeah. was like, I was like, I knew yeah. Matt Washington had a food court. I didn't know. I was like, there's a yeah. was there like a Dunkin' up there? That'd be very New that's England. True. So I guess I wouldn't be sure. Yeah, that's true. They could. That'd be on brand. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think um, for me, it's just the fact that there are cars. And again, I'm not opposed to peaks. I'm not mad that Matt Washington has a road to the top. But for me, like it's kind of like it, it's a it's the tallest point. Is it the tallest point on the east? No, it's the second highest point on the east coast. But either way, it's like a, it's a big deal. Like it's a big it's a big milestone um, on the hike, and you're in the whites, and that, which is also kind of a huge place. That it's a it's a that's a that section is like a big deal to be there. And so Mount Washington is like the pinnacle of that whole section, and to get to the top, and then there's just like a bunch of cars and there's a bunch of buildings and stuff. Uh, that was a bit of a bummer for me. Okay, now that's the that's the first gripe. The second one, which is like just a totally petty complaint is that at the top of Mount Washington, there's a sign that says like Mount Washington, whatever. And like, you know, it's pretty common that you try to get your photo taken there. And (laughs) (laughs) so it's like, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but basically I remember, you know, it was a beautiful day. Tons of cars are there. It might've been like a Saturday or something, but basically uh, Jessica and I waiting in line to take us a photo at the sign and people who had driven up, where I was like waiting behind them and I felt like I should just get to cut to the front of the line. Like I, I shouldn't have to wait behind these people who drove up there, which I admit is completely petty, but I just remember thinking that while standing in line and you know, I'm not, yeah, not, uh, not proud to admit that, but that was kind of, it felt a little, again, it's kind of like adds to like the whole, like when you have a road up there, it just turns into a bit more of a zoo. And so it's not quite the same experience as like a remote peak. And so, yeah, that's the that's the petty complaint. But yeah, what do you fair think about enough. Washington? Um, I think those are all fair. Uh, I will say also the fact that this is a video podcast now, bigger. This comes with live fact checking and fact check oh. false on the assumption that Mount Washington is the second highest peak in the East. It's not. Oh, it is, is the highest in the one Northeast. In North Carolina. Yeah, it's another it's, North Carolina one. Um, uh, it is up there though. So, anyways. Um, wow. Thank you. I'm glad I'm you saving you from that. the 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 commenters. Basically, no, that's, that's good. Doing here. That's good. Um, but no, I agree. Like, I I didn't include Mount Washington on my list, but it's a good one. I think. It, it, I think this is like almost low hanging fruit. Um, and I think this would probably make most people's list. The food court thing, the the road thing. Again, like I get it. It's like cool to have you know it more accessible and stuff but as a hiker yeah it's always going to be a little bit of a bummer just the way it is and i didn't even think about the line thing when you first said mount washington i thought it was just going to be all about like the road and stuff but um the yeah. line yeah the fact that you have to wait in line to take a picture at this top it that wasn't is... even a long line it was like five people long and to be <laughs> honest it was convenient that there were other people there because they took the photo for jessica and i but i just i do remember having that thought and like Probably like a second after I had the thought, I then had the thought of like, I'm so entitled, like what a terrible person I am. But I still distinctly remember having that thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I guess when you see someone like stand next to a sign, it's like elevation 6,000 whatever feet. And it's like, <clears throat> that's cool. But like you drove up here, you know, I know that's I know that sounds super elitist, but I don't know. No. Or like I walked here from from Georgia. So, yeah, that, that's all just the terrible elitist parts of my brain, you know, popping up there. So that's definitely the kind of thought that I do not want hikers to be espousing. And I try to like suppress those because it's 
totally it's a totally awful mindset to have but i do remember having that thought and being like that's kind of funny that i think i'm entitled to skip the line yeah for the f- <laughs> just, just <laughs> take a photo by the sign i was like that's just a ridiculous idea but yeah, yeah it's funny though the first time i hiked mount washington it wasn't it was before the at it was just a day hike me and my mm-hmm. friend dan got up there and the line was super long it was way longer than oh. it was um my second time yeah. and we were just like, yo, fuck that. But but we still wanted to tag the top. And so we just like, there. I, like, I'm pretty sure we're in the background of someone's picture, just like touching <laughs> the sign, basically, just to say that we hit like the top of the mountain. And then we, you know, got the hell yeah. out of there and ate a, a chili dog or whatever. But um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Mount Washington is, is a good one for sure. Mount Washington, dude. What the hell is going on with that place? I don't know. But what I do know is that this episode is sponsored by Garage Grown Gear, your one-stop shop for all things ultralight and cottage backpacking gear. That's right. If you're thinking about, I don't know, hiking Mount Washington or any other place on the Appalachian Trail or the entire Appalachian Trail for that matter, you need to be shopping at Garage Grown Gear. How many times have you looked around online on Reddit or even seen YouTube videos or podcasts with all this information about these specific cottage ultralight gear companies. There's just so many different ones out there. They're so hard to keep track of. I swear, every time I open up Instagram, I see a new one popping up on my feed. This is where Garage Grown Gear comes in. There's just one online store, one website that has a ton of these different ultralight companies on it. So you don't need to go to 10 different websites to check out 10 different packs, for instance. You can just look at all the packs that Garage Grown Gear has on their site. It's perfect. I know the CEO, of Garage Grown Gear, Lloyd Vogel. Personally, he's been on the show before. I met him at Trail Day. Some of you guys might remember that whole thing. And so I can personally vouch for how cool this guy is and how cool his company is. One thing that I absolutely love about Garage Grown Gear is they're always looking for small and new companies to add to their website. A lot of these companies, I'm sure that you have never even heard of. And when they're looking for new companies, they're not just looking for whatever's gonna make them the most money. Actually, again, some of you might recall from the podcast I did with Lloyd, they actually lose money on a lot of companies, but they like to bring them on because they make cool gear and they believe in them and they believe in supporting them. Garage Grown Gear is so cool. And so what you should do is go to garagegrowngear.com and just start browsing. Look through it. They have so much cool stuff on there. Literally any type of ultralight gear imaginable. They got it. One more time, garagegrowngear.com. I guarantee you're going to find some cool new items and some cool new companies that you've never heard of. So thank you so much to Garage Grown Gear for sponsoring this podcast. And let's get back to the episode. Okay. This next one is this one. I am going to get some shit for this one. I should get some shit for it because this. (laughs) Okay. So I remember how, um, how hype I was about the new trail tales artwork and stuff. It's kind of old news at this point, but how the, the picture of you Baker holding your pack Mm. on the most photographed spot on the entire Appalachian trail McAfee knob. Well, personally, I think that McAfee knob is overrated. So sue me. What are you going to do about it? Um, I don't know. It's just like, it's cool, but it's just so crowded again. Also going back to what you said about like how a lot of these are going to have to do with your personal experience at them. The day that I did it, dude, I had diarrhea. It was super hot out. It was oh. just a. T- it was just. It wasn't. It was a bad day, man. It was a bad day. Yeah. And so, yeah. When I think back on McAfee Knob, I don't think about how I was so blessed to be at the most 
photographed one of the most iconic spots on the entire Appalachian Trail. I was thinking about how I needed to go like wipe my ass and how it was really hot and there was a lot of like day hikers up there and probably also had to wait in line to take a photo. And that was my experience. And then your experience obviously was the polar opposite because you ended up getting that sick photo that is now the, uh, the, the cover for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally disagree, but I think it's probably mostly just because of like the context in which we were there. I think, yeah, if I had had, if I was feeling ill and, there was it was a hot day and I got to like the middle of the day and there was like just a bunch of a mob of people up there. I think I probably would have. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been nearly as special of an experience, but we got there at sunset on the first day. So there were basically no more day hikers, right? I mean, I guess it maybe could have been, but pretty much it was all other through hikers up there. And it was a, it was like 10 people or something like that. So we all get to take like a huge, ton, you know, ton of great flo- ton of great photos. And obviously the, the sunset was incredible. Like the, as the photo shows, like it just was like, it was a perfect sunset. The weather was perfect. And then we camped nearby and then we went back for sunrise the next day. Again, had, like we got there before sunrise, perfect weather, just other, you know, like maybe 10 other through hikers up there. So yeah, we like Jessica and I had an awesome experience and got to like twice up there, had like a super amazing sunset sunrise. And so yeah, that that's just a totally different experience than you had. Or like if someone got there like in a day it was fogged over, there's no way that their experience would be like Yeah. As as cool, you know, like and so I, I, I can totally understand why it felt overrated to you. Like and that's funny for me, it's the complete opposite. Like that was definitely yeah. like that that spot exceeded expectations, but that was just luck we time I don't know, we we probably intentionally timed it just because Jessica's in the background saying, Yeah, we did. So but either way. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I get it. I totally get why that's, that's a, but again, you're going to get a bunch of people who probably have been there and had a, had a crappy time. And then you have people who, you know, you're going to have a bunch of converts who are like, it was the best thing ever. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's, you're probably going to, it's definitely, that's a, that's going to be a polarizing opinion, I think. So, so here's the thing. Let's take our experiences out of it for a second and just look at this more okay. objectively. When you do that, I still think it's overrated though, because like it's a cool and and just because something's overrated doesn't mean that it's not cool. To be clear, like doesn't yeah. mean it sucks, right? But there's so many other really cool views on the AT. Why does this one get all the hype, and the other ones you don't even know about? The reason is because it's just where everyone takes the photo, and so I think right. yeah, I think I don't know like. We live in this. It's the outcropping. I'm right? honestly, I honestly am so full of shit. But I'm just for just for argument's sake here. You know, it, like we're so obsessed with social media and like taking photos. I'm losing everyone. I can tell. Um, no, and all this I, stuff. I, I think I see we're going here. It's yep. like that is kind of what makes McAfee knob McAfee knob, and that's what makes it so like special and so iconic. Is just because of the photo op, and so. What about all the other views that don't have quite as good of a photo op, but are still like sick, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So the experience of just standing on it, you don't necessarily know. I mean, I guess if you saw it from like on the approach, you would see that it's a huge, you know, slab sticking out or an overhanging rock thing. And so, but standing on it, you don't necessarily know that. I do think getting to the i think i got to the edge and just like stuck my head over like i didn't stick my legs over because i was too afraid (laughs) but like seeing down and just seeing nothing below me that was really cool but i also knew that that was coming so i guess i i don't normally do that at viewpoints because you don't expect that to be the case but 
I know what you mean. Like just the view itself is not particularly exciting. Probably like any, almost any view of the whites for me is going to be like a way more aesthetic view, like and more aesthetically pleasing to look at. But I know what you mean. Like it, uh, if, if, if we weren't trying to take a photo, if the photo, if you just, for some reason you broke your camera, broke your phone on the way up there uh, and you couldn't take a photo, how many people would still enjoy it? And same with me. Like if we didn't get those amazing, I mean, I think I still enjoyed it because the sunset was truly yeah, like sunrise, some of the sunset. best sunset. Yeah. I mean, it was like the colors were, were incredible, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know I can, I can see what you're saying though. I think that that, that makes sense. It is, it is, it is like the taking the photo op is a major part of what makes it so cool. Cause the standing up there, you don't necessarily, I mean, you, you conceptually know you're on a big overhanging rock thing, but you don't, it doesn't really feel like it. It feels like just kind of a, another viewpoint. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I can, can see your okay. point there. Yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta take ourselves away from the photo ops and, and off of social media. And by the way, guys, go follow me on Instagram because I'm actually going to be posting <laughs> I'm I'm actually serious. Like, go follow me on Instagram because sometimes I post polls where and like uh, little forums where you can actually like submit questions and guest ideas and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't actually even planning on making that plug, but I just felt like that would be kind of funny. I, uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say sometimes I I'm gonna post all the photos from my day where I'm like, <laughs> you know, feel it. Like I I've, have the I've most epic McAfee knob photos. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, next uh, next overrated spot on the AT. What do you think, Baker? Okay, this is not a single spot. This is like hundreds of spots. Okay, but basically shelters ah, in general. I knew you were going to oh, say that I, when you when you mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Um, but that interesting one. Let's hear it. Yeah. So shelters. I mean, I think when you're going into the hike, uh, you're researching the trail, and you're like, wow, there are like these you know, three-sided structures that have a roof on them. Like that sounds in theory, like just the sound of that, having that out in the middle of the woods sounds great. And don't get me wrong there. I, there were times when I was super glad that a shelter was in a particular place, but I think we only stayed, we only slept in a shelter, maybe like what, 10 times. Jessica thinks less than that over the whole trail. Uh, and there are like hundreds of shelters for anyone who's not aware of how there's literally like shelters everywhere on the AT. Every so you can easily miles ish. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, you could easily spend pretty much every night in a shelter if you want to. And to be fair, we actually would camp near shelters like a lot very often because there's also usually like, um, areas for tent camping and then you're usually like near a water source. And that's like where all your, like your friends are stopping for the night anyway. So, um, yeah, we, we often would stay near shelters, but we would rarely stay in the shelter itself because there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a lot of reasons, but I think the biggest ones are one, if it's, if it's buggy, um, you're just getting hit by bugs. You're going to attack by bugs, which really sucks. And in your tent, you've got netting. And then the other big one, which I'm sure like everyone would guess this is mice, uh, and not just mice getting in your food, which sucks, but like. <laughs> mice crawling over you or mice falling from the rafters in the middle of the night. And then you're like, <laughs> what was that? And you put your hand and you just feel fur scurry out from under so your brutal. I remember just like, just like feeling a little bit of fur, just scurry out from my hand and just like the, 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 the tail just sliding <laughs> through my finger. Oh, it's just like ugh, awful. And Jessica had basically the identical experience where I'm sure most people have had where not only is it like crawling over you or it's like eating your food, it's like it just falls from the rafters or jumps down from the rafters or somewhere from above you and it just lands on you in the middle of the night, wakes you up and you're like, what was that? It's just like, I don't know. 
So I guess that's my diatribe on on shelters. They're they're just kind of and honestly, they're sometimes they're kind of run. They, this depends. Some shelters are like really new and well maintained. Some are pretty decrepit. Some are um, sometimes there's people kind of living in them. That's that's <laughs> definitely not super common. But there were people <laughs> who were like, yeah. you know, no. you you you'd like you've got a pretty like a pretty permanent ish setup here. You're not gonna pack this up. To, you didn't. You don't. You don't like unpack and and repack this setup every day and night. Like you could tell, they're like kind of they're kind of out there for the summer or whatever. Um, so yeah. But anyway, so I guess the one redeeming quality of a shelter is like the logbook can be kind of fun sometimes. But that's even then, like that's kind of hit or miss. So anyway, that's my <laughs> diatribe on shelters. What What do you think? Baker logbook connoisseur Bocorny. Um, yeah. I just agree with this one so hard. Whoa. So hard. I love shelters. Um, I love mice. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I hiked the AT was to see all sorts of different wildlife. And I may have only seen, (laughs) you know, one moose and two bears, but I saw plenty of mice and I really appreciated that. That's that's true. How could I? Yeah, that's that's true. It's part of the wilderness experience to see a bunch of mice everywhere. How could I I not think of that? Snacking on Pop-Tart crumbs and uh, yeah. No, um, I don't appreciate the mice, but I do love shelters. I do genuinely disagree with you on this one, Baker. And um, I, I don't even... Okay, I agree on your reasons for not wanting to stay in the shelters. I'll say that, mice included. I, generally speaking, never stayed in shelters unless it was really bad weather. But uh, when, yep. when it's bad weather, by the way, those shelters are nice. I don't care how many That's smelly true. hikers you're crammed in there with. Like, 100%. Um, it, it, they're 100%. great. But um, even that aspect aside, um, which is probably the, the reason why they exist, um, I don't know. I just thought they were really cool. They were great to stop at. Like, you know, even though I didn't usually sleep in them, they were great. Like, during the day, like, you stop for lunch. Like, it's so much more convenient and more comfortable to sit in a shelter than it is to sit on the dirt somewhere. Um, they're just cool. Like a lot of the times they're different, unique designs and not always like, yeah. you know, the forest service yeah, has true. their standard, uh, lean to design, but th- you know, the majority of them are unique designs. And so I always loved, like, you never know what you're going to get. You know, shelters are like a box of chocolates. Um, you, just, <laughs> it's like you roll up to a shelter. It could just be like a three-sided lean to, or it could be a freaking mansion with, multiple floors and picnic tables. It could be, and, yeah, over mountain shelter, which I don't know if that's still up anymore. Oh, but, the barn? Yeah, I think they closed that. That one was... Yeah, it's technically a barn. But that, that thing is, was a I death mean, trap. It, it is, but it was beautiful. I it mean, was we beautiful. I mean, there, we ate lunch in there, but, like, the view was incredible. Yeah. And it, it is aesthetically a ple- Yeah. Yeah, and, keep like... Going. You're kind of convincing me otherwise. Keep yeah, going. and, like, yeah. I don't know. It, and since the AT, I've gone on to hike quite a bit, you know, on trails that don't have shelters, like the PCT, and I missed them dearly. Uh, I'm not going to lie. In, in fact, when I think about shorter trails I want to through hike in the future, a lot of the time I'm kind of drawn to trails that have shelters. Like the Washita Trail that I hiked with Luke uh, this time last year, yeah. one of the big reasons why I wanted to do that trail was because it had shelters. Um, really? I don't, I just, I just, I, I don't even care about staying in them that much, but I just like the concept of shelters. Um, hmm. And so, I don't think they're overrated at all. Uh, and I wish every trail had them to be honest, but that's just me. That's interesting. Cause you all, I, I guess the main reason I thought they were overrated is cause I didn't stay in very, I stayed like, yeah, maybe eight something nights over the whole trail. So I was, I just, just my mind was like, well, that means they're kind of overrated. Like they, they're there and I barely utilized them, but you're right. Like 
eating lunch at one is great. And I think another thing that you kind of mentioned, but um, is like another big part of it is that they're like a natural gathering place for people to hang out, even if you're not, you know, for camping, of course, but also just for like meeting up in the middle of the day. It's like a, yeah, it's a giant structure in the middle of the woods. So it's a natural place to be like, well, you get to one, you're going to stop, you know, because you're like, I'm just going to sit down here. So that that actually was kind of a, a nice part of it, too, is like kind of a natural gathering place. There's a lot of like social things going on around shelters as yeah. much social as much socializing happens, you know, on a trail in the middle of the woods. But yeah, OK, you've kind of yeah, you've kind of convinced me a little bit. All in right, good. I still think they're kind of nasty, though. Good, good. Um Okay, next overrated spot on the AT. This one is, I think most people are going to agree with this one. Um, this one is Mount Katahdin. No, just kidding. Um, Mount Katahdin's fucking sick, dude. I'm end this podcast right now. No, this one is... Although Jessica would agree with you. She does not like Mount Katahdin. Okay, well, I'll yeah. have to save that for her next episode. Yeah, then. yeah. Anyway, um, don't want to derail us. That'll be a good title. Confronting the, the AT through hiker who hates mount katahdin no um okay <laughs> this, next, a good title, yeah. <laughs> this next one i'm gonna go with the stairs at amicalola falls which technically this isn't part of the at because it's part of the approach trail but it might as well be part of the at it's again a very famous iconic thing in at lore is like oh you start at amicalola and then you hike up the stairs like the stairs like super infamous they're gonna destroy you I hiked up those stairs in like two seconds and then I forgot they existed two seconds later. Like I, maybe it's just cause I'm a savage, but I yeah, don't know, dude, I, I, the stairs, I forgot they even existed until I was making this list. And I, I had to go deep into the memory. I didn't even take a picture of them. Um, they're just stairs. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about the stairs? I was trying to remember if I had that on my list. Cause I think Jessica I talked about, but yeah, the stairs at M Kalola are, in terms of difficulty, I think it's specifically what you mean. Um, yeah, are, I, I mean, yeah. Or just I mean, in general? Most okay. of the time when they're talked about, they're talked about in reference to their difficulty. I didn't think they were difficult. I also just, I don't know, like they're just stairs. They're not even natural. Like, I mean, they're like literally yeah, wooden no. stairs, like, you yeah, know, like near yeah. a parking lot. I don't know. Um, they were cool. Like, there's a cool waterfall. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they get a lot yeah. of hype. They do. Oh, they got, you're right. They do get a lot of hype. And I agree. They're, they're, they weren't, I don't recall them being that difficult. In fact, Jessica and I got to go back to the stairs uh, like a m- couple months ago because there was a family wedding going on in, in North Georgia. And so nice. we we're like, we're pretty close to Amicola. We should go back. And Jessica was able to climb. We were like, so she's, she's got her knee injury. And so, you know, doing things like stairs is like, it's not always clear if she'd be able to do it or not. But she did them very, like, we got to the top. We're like, that wasn't that hard. So, yeah. If she can do it like with like a knee brace on and like only a couple of her <laughs> knee ligaments still in there, like yeah, they're, they're not like that. I don't recall them. Do you think they were hard? They weren't hard for you. Like no. you cruised up them. No. So, and, yeah. And the reason I think they're so like infamous and hard is because a lot of people start the AT that don't have any. I mean, I'm just gonna say it like. You know, I'm not trying to be a, a gatekeeper here, but they just don't have any clue what they're doing. And so they're carrying way too much gear. They've never hiked before. Mm. And this is the first obstacle, literally the number one obstacle they face, like right out the gate, yeah. Um, yeah. right out the arch. And for that reason, you know, it, it's just straight up with, you know, if you, if you think about it this way, 
you've never hiked before, maybe you're not in the best of shape, at least, you know, you're certainly not used to hiking, you're wearing a pack with way too much gear in it, and it's, you don't know how to wear it correctly either, so it's probably not very comfortable, and you immediately start going up really steep stairs, like, yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult, and so I think that's where this, the Amicalola Falls stairs uh, infamy comes from, but, um, and, you know, I get it, yeah. like, in that circumstance, like, I get it. Uh, I'm not saying that like if the stairs were hard for you, then you're just like a piece of shit or whatever, you know. But I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like, I mean, objectively, they're compared to a lot of other stuff on the trail, in, compared to pretty much everything else on the trail, like they're not that hard. Yeah, but. it's actually not that long of a climb in general. Like, I mean, compared to like even Blood Mountain, I'm sure I feel like Blood Mountain's probably twice as long of a climb. Well, I could be wrong about that, but it's I would say Blood Mountain was probably a longer climb than the stairs. Like, it yeah. took me longer to go from the bottom to the top than than the stairs oh yeah definitely so yeah i don't know yeah. what uh what do you what do you think the next one is baker all right so the next one i had was the mud in vermont and in terms or just you know for mud like you know all these ideas that vermont is just insanely muddy and that it's awful i mean this is kind of hard because objectively there was a, a, a significant amount of mud compared to other parts of the trail but really for me, like, and this is obviously going to be seasonally dependent or just the, the, that particular year or whatever. So this maybe, at least for me though, again, we're, if we're going off like what our personal experiences were on the trail, um, the mud was just not that bad. I think Jessica disagrees, but <laughs> for me, it was just like, it was kind of an inconvenience. And I guess I enjoyed Vermont so much all like otherwise it like, it didn't like ruin the experience and it was right at the beginning. It's kind of before you're like really getting in the mountains and then. I don't know, the mud ended kind of, essentially kind of ended, and then, I don't know, from there it was like, the trail was awesome, and I don't recall having much mud, but I feel like the first day, maybe a couple days, we had a good amount of mud, and it was kind of, like, there were a few sections that were pretty ridiculous, and I was like, man, there's got to be a better way to build a trail, but I don't, when I think about it more, like, I don't know how you would avoid this mud, it's just kind of the, just the terrain, but it wasn't like this thing that it wasn't like a gauntlet where i was like i think i might quit i don't think i can handle this much you know like i mean i feel like i don't know if it's hype to that level but people definitely talk about how brutal the mud is oh in yeah Vermont. and for me it was just like you know definitely could have been the time of year like that's 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 obviously it's very seasonal but mm -hmm. as a northbound hiker like we were i guess we were there we we're there a little later like um what like end of august i think yeah something like that but yeah it wasn't that, i don't know i didn't think it was that bad but no. you've lived there, so you've probably seen some shit when it comes to, to mud in Vermont. If Dude, I yeah. So that's obviously going to play into my opinions on this one. I agree that the mud isn't that bad. But I will say, so that first um, like 30 miles of the AT in Vermont, I had hiked that three times before I got there on the AT. And all three times... It wasn't that bad. And so as we're approaching Vermont, you know, there's all this hype about um, the mud. And like my friends are like, oh, Vermont, Vermont. And I was like, guys, like, it's not that bad. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I've been there three times. It's fine. And then we got there. And as soon as we crossed that border, it was muddy as shit for like for like three days, probably. And they were like, Kyle, you're an idiot. Why were you like, this sucks. It's just <laughs> yeah. as bad. And so the the like you kind of said there, the first couple days going northbound, it is pretty muddy, but um, it gets better after that. And so I kind of like I think it's BS to say all of Pennsylvania is rocky. I kind of think it's BS to say all of Vermont is muddy. Is it more muddy than the south? 
Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, and also keep in mind that first hundred miles of the, uh, AT through Vermont gets a lot of foot traffic because not only are all the AT through hikers going on it, but that's also the start of the long trail. And so all the long trail hikers are going through there as well, including pretty much all of them, especially at the very beginning of the state, because most people, yeah, I'd say the majority of people go northbound on the long trail. And so even the ones that don't make it very far are still going to hike that first section. So it just gets a lot mm-hmm. of foot traffic and it makes it hard to maintain that part of the trail. They get a lot of rain there too. So it is, it's true that it's muddy, but yeah, I agree that the mud is kind of overrated. Like the hype is, is kind of, kind of ridiculous, but I don't know for mud. Okay. So the next overrated part of the Appalachian trail, I'm going to say is, Grayson Highlands. Oh boy, you, uh, Jessica's gonna murder you. Okay, you that's all right. Highlands. That's all right. Uh, uh, okay, so hear me out. No, she she doesn't. Look, she's smiling. She's not. She's not mad yet. But okay, uh, I don't know. She the reason be, she might be simmering over there. The reason <laughs> is because I don't know. I thought the Rowan Highlands were cooler, and I know they're not exactly the same thing or exactly the same area, but I thought the Rowan Highlands were just cooler, better views, longer. Um, but I had never heard of the Rowan Highlands before, but the Grayson Highlands you hear about all the time. And it's, let's be honest, it's because of the ponies and like the ponies are cool. They're very unique. Um, rad. Yeah. (laughs) Baker loves a good pony. Um, I'm pro pony. Okay. I'm not saying we should kill the ponies (laughs) or anything like that. Um, was that ever an option? Was that a suggestion? I, someone was thinking it. Um, (laughs) okay. No, uh, (laughs) No, fuck those ponies. No, I like the ponies, okay? Um the ponies are cool. Like I took a picture, I took a couple pictures with the ponies. But um you're only around them for like a few miles if I recall. And other than that, I mean, I feel like Grayson Highlands left a lot to be desired. Again, it was it was cool, but it just wasn't any more epic than anything else. And I think the reason why to bring this back around. I think the main reason why I put this on the list is because I just thought the Rowan Highlands were so much better, but the Rowan Highlands, you just didn't hear about that often, but the Grayson Highlands is everybody knows the Grayson Highlands. So that's my logic here, but I also understand like the ponies are unique and you know, I don't know. What do you think about this Baker? This so funny. So when like I always brainstorm ideas for this with Jessica. So like how, just most people know, like most of these ideas are all Jessica's. I'm just like the person talking about them. But <laughs> when we were discussing this, one section we both agreed that was absolutely not overrated was Grayson Highlands. And one section that we almost, I almost included in the list, but didn't because I didn't think it was hyped enough was the Roan Highlands. And we were like, if that had been a hype section, we I would have included because we didn't, we were underwhelmed by that particular really? area. Whereas we loved the Grayson Highlands. We loved the ponies, loved Grayson Highlands. Wow. We even, uh, Jessica's dad and sister visited near, um, they visited us on trail, like kind of when we were in that area, like in Virginia, we drove back South down to Grayson Highlands and took them on a day hike there. Cause we were like, this was a sick section, which I guess that kind of makes sense. Like if you're going to take someone day hiking, but either way, that shows how much we liked it. And then we had the opposite. We were on kind of underwhelmed by Grayson Highlands, but I think part of it was the, was sorry, road Highlands, excuse me. Part of it was the experience. So I think it was kind of a, I don't know, all the, what are the um? Is it what what oh, what what bushes? Is it, is it azaleas that are supposed to bloom? Not azaleas, I, or the um? Not the azaleas. Um, 
what is that bush? Rhododendron is supposed to be blooming oh. there. And like, it was, I don't know. I think we were hoping it would be blooming and it wasn't. Um, I don't, don't know. Put a damper actually, on think, it. Yeah, I guess so. Thinking back, I don't know. I actually, I think for Jessica it was more underrated. I kind of liked it. I, I thought it was a cool section, but we both, I think for sure I would say that Grayson Holland was, was cooler. I don't know. The ponies were just so fun. Like, and I remember thinking like seeing all the signs of like, Oh, you're not supposed to pet them. Like, it's so sad. I can't pet them. But then, they just come right up to you. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly I'm not going to like chase the ponies down to, to <laughs> just, pet them. Just like, to pet them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're not exactly wild animals, but they're not exactly fully, you know, domesticated animals. So I was like, I'm not going to chase these things down. But when they came, when they come right up to you, clearly looking for pets or food or something. I'm like, all right, well, now I'm going to pet this thing. Although they were very dirty. I remember my hands being Ugh. like really not like um just like just dirt not like anything else but they're i mean obviously they're not bathing them or anything so i just remember being like wow there's a lot of something on this pony just like <laughs> in my hand my whole hand is like gray after petting them but Ugh. totally worth it so maybe that's why that's i funny, got though maybe that's why i got diarrhea going through there I, i'm starting to see a correlation between the places i think are overrated and the places i had diarrhea because <laughs> i did yeah. have diarrhea going through the grayson highlands as well as on mcafee knobs oh so. that was a separate bout of diarrhea well this, kind this, of yeah yeah, those two places are close together. I think it might have been. No. It was a it was an ongoing issue for a little bit there, so I think yeah, they were yeah. related. Um, but I don't know. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely we liked it, but yeah, I, I can. It was what about it was. What were you expecting it to be like, and then it didn't live up to those expectations? I guess. I don't know. Like, it was cool. the The ponies were cool. I, I think I also pet one. I only know this because there's photographic evidence. Um, I think the biggest thing was I just really wanted to ride one and I was really hoping to like almost have it be uh, kind of like a Nero that day because I was just on the pony all day. Yeah. And yeah, um, uh, yeah I tried to ride that one of those things and it bucked me right off every single time. Uh, a park yeah. ranger was there too. And so I ended up getting fined. Um, what a letdown. And I, they're ponies. They're meant to be ridden, right? Why else would they exist? Uh, that's Why, not the true. park. The, the park keeps them there. I think that's the whole. I mean, uh, it's yeah, just, it's bullshit. It's just it's like yeah, total. Like I just don't get it. Come yeah. on, park service, you can it's be ridiculous. This. No, I don't know. I just thought it was a little overrated. But don't ride them, people. Don't, don't ride, ride them. them. We're we're joking. Don't pet them. Don't pet them. Don't. I, I uh, officially <laughs> never pet them, but it, unofficially, I definitely pet. Them. Don't pet them. Don't ride them. Don't look at them. Don't hike the Appalachian Trail. Okay, what's the next uh, What's the next overrated part, Baker? This is going to be All your right, last so, one, so make it good. Yes, it's my last one. All right, so this is, uh, and I have to clarify how it's overrated, but the 100-mile wilderness. Oh, spicy. Overrated in how remote it is in that it was not as remote as I thought it would be. Like, I don't know. This is, Fair. like a, again, it's all like there's so much lore and mythology around the Appalachian Trail, and so... The Hunter Mile Wilderness is supposed to be this section of just like you're you're out there. I mean, it's like it, the name kind of is maybe the name is maybe it's just poorly named. Um, but, you know, it's you're, you just expect that it's super remote. There are no really proper resupplies, which is not entirely true. But like, you you know, there's no easy resupplies. That's for sure. And it is a long section of it. And I mean, there really is not much out there. Shelters are by far the most infrastructure you'll see. But I remember being surprised going through there like there were more roads than i expected like i don't think there's any paved roads no just you get to dirt, a ball bridge dirt like just like dirt roads. 
but they're yeah, like but they're they're roads. They're not like jeep trails either. They're like yeah. actually like graded for like normal, you know, cars. Yeah. Like you don't have to have high clearance and all that. Well, I guess I I yeah. haven't driven them to be fair. So don't don't go out there with no, like your that's Honda true. Fit that's, and get stuck. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's they're exactly they're, they're like doing, proper dirt roads. Like you know, yeah, not, they are. Not they're trails. like. Yeah, they. I mean, from the parts of the AT cross, that was like, oh, a sedan could drive this. Assuming this is like what it looks like all the way to like a you know paved road. That's what that you know a, a sedan could drive it. So that didn't make me think. You know, that was like a little. I mean, again, maybe I think it's the expectation. Like I'm going to see nothing man made except for shelters out here, kind of in a trail. Um, you know, I was like, oh, there's roads, and then also you can even get a resupply by like like there's there's like uh, I'm pretty sure the shelters on both ends or the sorry the hostels on both ends of the north and south end of the Hunter Mart wilderness, certainly Shaw's like will, you know, take, well, like you can give them food and they will put it in a bucket and they will drive it to the middle and they will, you can just have a resupply out there, <laughs> which is like, I don't know if someone's dropping like a resupply out there, that just feels a little bit less like a wilderness area. Again, if it's, if it's so convenient that they can charge, it's not even like crazy expensive. It's not like hundreds of dollars to do it. So if they're willing to like, you know, do that for people and not charge a ton of money. It can't be that hard to get out there, I guess is my point. So I remember thinking that, but in general, I, otherwise I really enjoyed the hundred mile wilderness. And it's not that I, you know, it wasn't like it ruined it for me to see a road. I just remember being surprised, I guess, and thinking like, this isn't like as much wilderness as I thought it would be. It's fair. But, it's fair. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's overrated in the sense that it's not cool. Um, I do think, I mean, the hundred mile, the hundred mile wilderness gets a lot of hype for sure. I think yeah. this is one of the spots that lives up to the hype, unlike the shitty Grayson Highlands, obviously. Um, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying in terms of like the remoteness. Yeah. It gets hyped up as this, like, and it is pretty remote to be fair, but then like compared to the PCT, for instance, like going through the Sierras, I mean, you're, I think, don't quote me on this, but I want to say there was like a 200 plus mile stretch of trail with no pavement whatsoever. Like it was something ridiculous like that. Wow. Like it's super remote. And then there's, you know, hundred mile plus resupplies all the time. And so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there, Baker. Um, yeah. Let's stick to Maine for this last one. Okay. Um, last, last overrated part of the AT, but not the end of the episode because Baker is going to be sharing a story that literally happened to him today. And so today, I'm excited people. to hear that uh, at the end of the episode. But the last overrated part of the AT, I almost didn't include this one. So I'm a little on the fence about this one, but just for the just for the hell of it, uh, I'm going to say Mahusik Notch. Oh, this so, was almost on the list. I oh, really? Well. Okay. So yeah. my reasoning... Okay, so... I honestly don't have great reasoning for this. The first like 10 minutes were pretty cool. After that, I just, I just got a little sick of it to be that That's the only reason, but to be fair, it's like, you're, I think you're supposed to get sick of it. Like it's hard. They call it the hardest mile on the AT. So I don't think that anyone out there is like, no, it's like just, it's, I don't know. But I just thought it was, <sighs> maybe I don't agree with this. Maybe it, it was kind of cool actually. <laughs> I don't know. The day that I did Mahusik Notch was the hardest day of the entire trail for me. And so maybe that's why it was a little bit like maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it at the time. But I don't know. I just wanted to include it. 
my reasoning isn't very good here. I really don't have much else to say about it. What, what do you think about... So why, why did you almost include it, Baker? Well, I think it's... It's basically when you're trying to think of a list like this, you're just thinking of anything <laughs> that is like super notable. And yeah. so you like basically I was running through like what are the like because you're thinking overrated is like what is hyped. And then I was comparing what's hype versus my experience at said place. And so the Mahusik Notch is like definitely one of the most iconic sections of trail. And so I was like, was it overhyped? And I was like, I don't think so. Like it would be considered it just because it was like of of places that are very notable and could potentially be overrated. But I mean, I agree. Like it, it, it was not like like imagine if like the you know you hear the Mahusik notch and then there's like three boulders you have to scramble through and that's it like <laughs> that would be so that would be overrated but it's not it's a it's a proper mile yeah. of just like struggling through it and it was a challenging day for us as well because we did it at dusk and so the second half oh. of the thing was like in the dark wait did you Do have to go up that. after the notch series yeah you then we had to go then we had to go up no no oh sorry we, we no sorry no we did not go up that that night we there is a shelter or a campground i think a camp like a campground or a campsite and on the north end of the music knots thankfully because we were like pretty exhausted and pretty ragged by the time we got there because doing that in the dark was like uh that was not very fun and i don't think jessica's having like a great time because she doesn't love like kind of like frictiony scrambly kind of stuff and yeah and it's also like she said, yeah, she was like pretty ready, pretty ready to quit uh, like around then too. And then she also uh, actually like one thing that was kind of interesting is like for her being short, it was actually kind of challenging. There were parts of like were truly challenging for her. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're taller, you can just kind of like step across a big gap between two big boulders. But like if you're shorter, that's a lot sketchier to do that. And it's like you might drop like, you know, 15 feet below a couple of boulders and you're certainly going to get hurt. So. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was very challenging, and I'm sure the, the darkness obviously made it even more challenging. But for us, I mean, it was as scrambly and weird. I remember taking my pack <laughs> off, crawling through stuff, and it was as challenging as like it was more challenging than I expected, simply because we timed it really poorly and like went through, you know. We, and the other thing is like we started, and it probably wasn't even close to dusk. It just took so much longer than we thought that it was like dark by the time we finished. And I was like, well, that was not that was just not safe. It was a bad idea, but. Good story, I guess. So, no, for us, it, that's why in the end it was definitely not overrated. Part of it would be over our experience. But even if you did in the daylight, it's it's a cha- It's definitely the most challenging mile. I mean, it's definitely like it, – it, it is a mile of just bouldery, scrambly stuff, which is really fun. I actually – I enjoyed it, but it was um, it was challenging. So, no, I wouldn't say overrated. But even you seem like you were kind of – as yeah. you're explaining your reason, you're like, I actually don't really know why. Yeah. I don't know. Let's do a story, Baker. So okay, Baker told me right before we started recording, he's like, by the way, I had something crazy, or I don't remember if crazy was the word. He's like, I have an end of episode story that happened today. Uh, of course, not the time that you're hearing this, but um, as of the day of this recording. So uh, it's the end of the episode, Baker. Take it away, dude. What happened? Yeah. Okay. So actually, the fact that you ended on uh, Mahusik Notch is like very fitting for this story. Um, so I was on a hike that I'd never done before and I was kind of going up. It was, this was like not even very early on in the hike. It was kind of maybe 10 minutes into the hike and I get to a section where there's kind of some big bouldery things and I'm kind of like climbing across them and there's like three guys like who are kind of ahead of me. They're like just sitting there, like kind of looking at the view. Um, and they are kind of, they're just, I'm like kind of catching up to them and they're just sitting there hanging out as I get there. I'm about to kind of like climb past them and they say, oh, if you go down into this kind of crevasse in the rocks, it's kind of like there's 
there's big boulders that I'm walking up on uh, walking on top of, but then there's like an opening in the boulders and then it drops down like 20 feet. So you're like, it, you're, you know, it's a, it's a, it's definitely the kind of thing you would absolutely not want to fall into. Um, and it just kind of looks like it just is a big, you know, gap in there, like down and under the rocks. And like, you, you know, if I looked at it, I just assume it kind of just dead ends down in there. And they're like, no, if you go down in there and you climb a little ways into this kind of, it's essentially like a cave and down in there, you will find a really narrow constriction that you can then climb up through and it will take you pop out back up on the surface on like just a little ways up the trail. It's like not very far, but basically they were like, if you go down in there and you climb through, you will pop back up and it's kind of cool. They're like, it's a really narrow thing. And they're like, you'll probably have to take your backpack off to kind of shimmy in there. And so I was like, wow, it's definitely very narrow. And I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Like I'm going up anyway and it, it is in the direction of up. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll give this a go. Um, so the guys, I'm like, yeah, I like tell them like, yeah, thanks for the tip. And they start climbing down. And then I'm like, I kind of backtrack a bit, go down to this, this crevasse. And I mean, now I'm like, I get down to the bottom and I really am probably like 10, like the rocks are probably like 10 feet above my head. Now I'm way down in there. It's like quite dark. Um, I mean, it really like, is a lot like parts of the Mahusik notch where it really gets, it's surprising how dark it gets Mm -hmm. when, as soon as you just get like, you know, little, little ways below the ground. And so I kind of like. I'm like start to go in there, but again, it's quite dark. And I'm like, I'm assuming when I get down in there, I'm going to see the light from this supposed like little, you know, squeeze thing that you can go through to get out. I don't see any light. It's just dark. So I get my like, you know, get my phone out, turn the light on. and I go keep going further in. There's some kind of like narrow things that I have to like squeeze through kind of they're just vertical squeezes. And so I'm like, maybe that's what they're talking about, but it wasn't that narrow. And I keep going and I don't see any light in there and I just keep going. And eventually I am, I haven't gone that far, but I've gone maybe like, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And I still don't see this hole. And I'm like, I'm not going to go spelunking down here. Like if I don't see this way out, like within the next, like around the next corner, like I'm not, I'm just going to backtrack. Yeah. And I'm sorry to think these guys are just like trolling me. And like, there's just, there's like nothing down here. Um, but then I like turned one more corner and I see just like a little bit of light, um, kind of coming to the ceiling. And I like get a, so I'm like, okay. And so I go a little further in and I shine the light and then I see it and it's like, it's a pretty narrow constriction. I'm like, I'll fit through that. But it's basically like, I mean, the constriction is basically almost a vertical, like it's just almost like a horizontal crack in the surface of the rocks you're kind of going through. So you basically, you have to, you have to crawl kind of directly up through it. Like I guess up towards the surface, if you will. So you're not like squeezing through it, like kind of laterally along the bottom of the, like cave floor, you're going to, you have to crawl up. And so I'm like, Oh, it looks cool. So I get there and I'm like, yeah, I definitely got to take my pack off. Like I'm not going to fit there. So I take my pack off and I put it above me kind of like at the surface. Um, kind of like, yeah, a little bit about like the surface where like I'm going to be crawling to whenever I get out of this like narrow constriction and the surface is like a little slanted. So I kind of put my pack on there and it starts to like move a bit. So I'm like, that's not stable. And then I kind of feel around my hand. I feel there's like a flat surface, like kind of out of sight, out of my sight. Um, and so I like, oh, let me just move my bag a little bit further. And there's like a bunch of rocks up there. And so I kind of just assume that there's rocks everywhere um, up there. And I kind of put my bag up and then I like it's, I push it a little bit. Uh, and I push it and then I, I hear sliding i hear like the sound of my bag sliding on rocks and then i hear nothing for like a second and a half and then i hear like a thunk oh which is clearly the sound of my bag hitting 
something. Uh, but the sound is like, sounds like it's not near where I am. It Now it sounds like it's clearly like on another part of this underground crevasse system. And, oh, geez. And it also sounded like it was, I mean, it just sounded far away. Further, much further away than I expected. Okay. And the fact that there was like a sliding sound, I knew that it kind of took off a bit. And then there was no sound for like probably a second, second and a half. <laughs> and then a thunk. Oh, and I'm like... God. And I'm like, okay, well, it wasn't that, it was like a second, second and a half. How far could it have fallen in that time? And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'll just get up there. It's probably fell in a little hole. I'll just reach down in, um, you know, pull it out. But, but as I'm like shimmying up, I'm thinking that was a long, I mean, like, you know, like things fall quickly, like in a you know short amount of time, right? Mm. I'm thinking like that thing, like, I'm just like, you know, trying to tell myself, trying to stay positive, like tell myself, yeah, I'll be able to reach it. But like, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like that thing fell pretty far. Like it, <laughs> it was a long silence between before I heard the, like the, the time when it hit whatever it got stopped on. And so I'm like, okay, this is great. So shimmy up into the, to this constriction, I get like my torso up in there and I look to where the, I had was trying to put my bag, like where the last place I'd saw it before it slid off. And I see that there is a hole there, but it is just complete darkness. Like I don't oh, see anything. Boy. And like I was seeing there's light coming into the ceiling. There's like I can see kind of like where my feet are. Like I can see that it, it's illuminated enough like down where my feet are. But this hole is like off to the side and there is literally no there's it's just like pitch black in there. And so in my bag, I was like my phone, my wallet the keys to my bike lock because I had ridden my bike to the trailhead. It's like on my food, on my water, everything. Thankfully, like for context, I am like, this is a hike like in the front range of Denver. Like I'm near a city. Like, I'm probably not going to die. I, yeah. I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't die. But my bag is like, I, I just like, I can't see anything down there. And I would normally just pull out a light and look down. My phone's down there. And this isn't like really a trail up here. Like I was kind of scrambling and I'm, I was kind of surprised to see other people up there. So it's not like there's other people coming by frequently. And so I'm like, okay, well just, I mean, I don't want to reach down into this dark hole, but I, I also am going to get my bag. So I just kind of like shimmy my body up a little bit. The other thing is I don't even really know what's down there. I don't know what it looks like. And the, my big fear is like, I fall in there. Like I've heard stories of people, like even in their own house, like they, try to reach for something behind their dresser and they fall and they get wedged like with their head down and they end up just dying. Like people don't, what? don't find them. No, that, that's like, if you go on like, that's terrible. This is like, it's a, it's a thing. Like you literally, if you get suspended, like head down for long enough, you will just die. Yeah. I don't know what it's from exactly, but you know, and this was like a, obviously that's unusual. Someone dying in their house, but there was like, it was like a person who lived alone and no one came by to check on them. And then eventually someone's like, haven't heard from so-and-so they came by, they were dead. Like literally were stuck Damn. like behind between their dresser and their wall, trying to get something behind, uh, you know, ostensibly they were trying to grab something down behind there and they literally got wedged there and they couldn't get out. And I was like, that could definitely happen. I also don't know what, I didn't know, like maybe it's a huge drop down there. Like, you know, the Mahusik Notch, there's parts that like, it's like 15, 20 feet where it drops down in cracks between the rocks. Like I have no idea what it looks like. So, you know, I stick my arm down in there, like as far as I'm comfortable, but really it wasn't very far because I was just like, the worst thing is I get stuck in here. No one, there's not a trail above me. Like no one's going to come by and then I actually could die instead of just my bag being lost. And so I stick my arm down in there. I don't feel anything. I just, it's just empty space. And I also was pretty sure that it had fallen further than my arm length. Like for sure. It yeah. Did. So I'm like, I really don't know what to do. I was like, 
I also thought I could try to go feet first in there and like maybe my legs are long enough to like feel it and I could kind of like <laughs> hook my foot in there and pull it up. I was like, that's another way to get stuck in this hole. And I'm like, I just don't want to do this. So my next thought is I just need to get a source of light to evaluate what's going on in this hole. So I shimmy up through the rest of this, you know, um, to the rest of the construction. I get to the surface. I didn't start just bombing it down the trail because I'm like, I haven't seen many other people around here. There's not really a trail up here. I was just surprised there are other people. So I was like, I hope I can catch this group of group of guys. And I've been down in here stuck for like 10 minutes trying to get my bags. I'm like, I don't know how far down they are. So I just bomb it. And again, it's not really a trail. There's kind of trails, but I didn't know where they were. I'd never been up there and I was kind of like panicking. So I just took like kind of a use trail. looks like just like kind of like an animal trail. Mm -hmm. And I end up getting really far down. I'm like, where are these guys? I can't see them. Eventually I get like almost to the parking lot and I'm like, wow, I've just bombed down this whole thing, like through the bushes trying to catch them. And I don't see anyone in the parking lot. And so then then I hit the actual trail. I hit or hit a, like a, an established trail. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yep. And so I like turn and I go back uphill. I'm like, they're probably, I probably went past them. And then I do run into them going uphill. But then right behind them uphill is a, it's some rock climbers carrying like bouldering pads. So this is apparently a bouldering area. So there are like, you can go bouldering in this area. I didn't realize that going up. Um, and so I, they're like, <laughs> first of all, the guys are so confused. They're like, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing down here? How'd you get past us? <laughs> Because they they knew where the trail was. I didn't. And then to be also to clarify, when I went up, I also didn't. I got lost in the trail and I kind of bushwhacked to the, like, the place that they were at. So I really didn't know. Like I was very disoriented in this area. Yeah. Um, and, so, and I had my phone to like look where I was. So basically they were surprised. I explained what happened. They're like, dude, that sucks. And I was like, I was going to ask to borrow your phone or like some kind of light source. But there's climbers up here. I'm going to just go ask them because they were like heading out. I didn't want to make them stay. I don't know how long it was going to take me to try to extract my bag. Right. So. I just like, I'm like, okay, we have a good day. And I keep running up the trail. I catch up to the climbers and I'm, and I'm like in my head thinking like, how am I going to explain this? Like, how do I explain this situation? Cause basically, I mean, they're going to ask them to come with me way off away from where the climbing is and go look down in this, down in this weird <laughs> crevasse, or I'm just going to like borrow their phone and then go, you know, like just go way off away from where they are and like take their phone. And I'm like, I don't know what this is going to be like, but I got to, got to try. So I like, I just kind of interrupt them and I was like, Hey, excuse me. And, and I'm like, I try to explain like my bag. I was like, this is like, this sounds like the dumbest, like, like explanation for something. <laughs> like my bag got stuck in a hole and I can't see it because it's too dark. And you know, like, it's like, I don't know how to explain this. And I was like kind of out of breath because I was running uphill to catch them. And so I was like, just sound like a madman. Yeah. And luckily these people were nice and they were like, Oh yeah, like let, let's go. And I was like, no, if you want, like, I feel bad making you go up there. Like uh, let's go to where you're going to go climbing, like your bouldering spot get set up and then I will just take the phone and I'll go and look for it. And like, Oh, that sounds good. So like we just, we go a little ways up the trail, get to their bowling spot. And then this, this woman just gives me her phone. And I'm like, I literally could just run off with this phone right now, but I had no bag and they had nothing. So it, it, I mean, like, you know, maybe they, I guess they, they did believe and they trusted me enough. And so I go, I get the phone. I, you know, climb back up to where the hole was. I go back down in there. And I like the first thing, the first thing I'm thinking is like, I do not want to drop this phone down in the hole because <laughs> I was like, that'd be so bad. Hey, I like you come go back, back to down. <laughs> Can yeah. I get another one? <laughs> yeah. You guys have another phone. Yeah. I was like, oh God. So, uh, so I like shine the light down in there and I think I see the bag. It's not that far, but it's probably like five, six feet somewhere between where I'm like, where the edge of the hole is, is essentially where I can reach from. Yeah. And my first thought, which is like, I don't know if I'm an idiot, but my first thought is, my arms are not long enough, but my legs are pretty long. So I take 
my shoe off and my sock off thinking that like my bare foot will have enough dexterity <laughs> to like grab Jessica's dying laughing over here. She's like, it's like I have no dexterity to like grab it. So I like, I like get my shoe off and I like shimmy my leg down in this hole. And again, I'm thinking if I fall in, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And my legs, not it's like not kneeling. My leg is not, it's not five feet long. It's like, you know, maybe three feet at most. And so I'm like, I'm just like, what am I doing right now? And I'm like, just down in this dark, dank hole, like <laughs> got my leg stuck in there. I'm like, this is stupid. So I'm like, okay, just, just like, I know it's going to be annoying to climb out of here again and climb back in, but there are some scrubby trees up there, thankfully, because not all places in Colorado, like, especially near like the lower elevations, like in Denver have trees, but there were some trees up there. And I was like, just get a limb try to use the limb to like dig the bag out. So I climb all the way out. I like find a couple limbs that might work. I was like, I don't know what kind of limbs gonna work best. So I like grabbed options cause I don't want to climb out <laughs> of this hole again. And I like bring them back down in there. And um, I kind of just, again, have to crawl back down in this constriction. I'm like in there again. And I like, it took a while to get the stick down there cause it's very narrow, but I finally got it. And I like, am like touching the bag, but it, like, I'm trying to hook it on the, a place where like there's kind of a loop, but then I like push the loop and now I can't get that loop. So I grab, I basically ended up just jamming the stick into the mesh pocket on the outside of the bag. Um, and just like kind of jammed it in there and the mesh is like kind of like grabbed onto the, to the wood and I like pulled it up, but then like I can't get two hands in this hole to like then pull it to grab the bag. But I, so I basically kind of like stick my torso more in there. And then eventually I get my, one of my hands on the bag and I'm like, the feeling of like the fabric is like, feels so good. I'm like, oh, I'm so close. <laughs> and I like haul it out and I'm like holding the bag in front of my face. Cause there's like, that's all the space I have. And I'm just like, so happy to see my bag. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I start checking, like, did anything fall out of the pockets? Cause my phone was in an outside pocket. Yeah. It also kind of opened up as it fell in. And so I was afraid that like my wallet and stuff fell out. Everything's there from what I can wow. tell. And so I just very carefully, like, I don't want anything to fall in this hole again. I very carefully put her phone in my bag. I, like, put everything in the inside of the bag so nothing falls out of the pockets. And I put my shoe and sock back on. And then I shimmy out of this thing. And then I climb back down. And I find the people. And then I, like, tell them the whole story because I'm a little more calmed down. And I'm like, I should probably, like, give them some background as to why I had, you know. And I did have a bag now. So at least they believe me. Like, I didn't have a bag before. I have one now. So yeah. it seems believable. <laughs> and I explain it to them. And they're just like, that's crazy. And I'm like, I just, like, I can't thank you enough for, like, I, because there's no way I could have like use that. I mean, it would have been very difficult to use the stick. I would have just literally been like in the dark, groping around, trying to like find the bag. There's right. just no way. So the light was like essential to like, like her phone light was essential to me, like in precisely hooking that one part of the bag to yank it up. But anyway, so then I was supposed to climb to the top of this peak and I was like, that's I'm done with this one. I'm, I'm heading back down. Like I, I've had enough adventure up here for today. So I just head back down and I'm just like the whole way. I'm just like so excited to have my bag. Like, this is like the most, I don't know. It was crazy. So I was like, I guess like in the end I could have, if I couldn't get the bag, I could have like, like gone down, borrowed a phone, called Jessica. She could have come pick me up. I could have gone home and grabbed like tools, like a headlight or headlamp and then like other stuff to pull it out. But basically I was like, th this could have, I mean, it would have been like a worst case scenario. Also oh, no yeah. one would have found the bag and stolen it. Like it, it was literally so far <laughs> hidden down there. But anyway, that's my story. And I feel like I, from now, now I've definitely like, I don't know, in hindsight, obviously it was stupid just to push my bag up into an area that I couldn't see. I mean, there were not like holes around me where, and I was down like where I was. So I didn't even think about the fact that there might be like other holes, like that were just like lead to other cat, like other, you know, spaces in there that I couldn't access. So 
Either way, if I'm ever like in that kind of situation, like a Mahusik notch, this could totally happen if you just put your bag in the wrong place. It slides down, like, and it could easily slide way too far down and you couldn't grab it. Like, there's a few places I remember, like, it's really deep down there. So, anyway, if anyone's like going through the Mahusik notch or climbing through caves or whatever, it also made me think, what do spelunkers do? Like, when they're going through caves and they have to take their bag Ugh. off to like, or just in general, like, so they don't drop things, like, yeah. drop a headlamp. They must have like some really good, I'm sure they've thought about this, but. It, Either way, if I'm ever like in a cave or canyoneering or anything in this kind of thing vein, I'm definitely going to be very careful where I put my bag and to not eject it somewhere that I can't see. But anyway, Same. that's my wild story from today. You got so, it. Yeah. I was like, I knew I you must have gotten it back because you're recording this on your phone right now. So well, that's the other thing. I was like, I'm going to have, I don't, I don't know your number. So I was like, I'm going to have to, I guess I was like, I could find him on Instagram. I could like use Jessica's phone to like hit you on Instagram. But I was like, I'm supposed to record like, an, this is at like two o'clock. My, this is like, like maybe three hours, less than three hours before we're supposed to record today. Wow. And I'm like, I got to get this. I'm also going to take me forever to get home. Like, I guess if Jessica picked me up, I probably could have got home in time. But I was like, and also I'd have no way to like, you'd be texting you me. Like, canceled, you could have canceled, Baker. You could have canceled. No, but I couldn't have. I would have just been radio silence because you would have been like, where are you? And I would have been like, uh, I couldn't have responded. So I was like, I got to like. Incredible. So anyway, that's that's what You got today. your bag. Wow. Dude, I was, I was, I'm so I was hanging on bag. to every sentence there. Um, yeah, it was. I feel like that was. I was like, wow, this is actually like one of the most exciting things I've had hi happen hiking in years. Like, God bless those think climbers. It all turned out. Oh, seriously, they were so nice. They were very trusting. Yeah, I, I don't like, know if I would have let someone just run off with my phone like that, especially I someone don't know that if looked I like you. Either. Like even I know, if I definitely. even knowing you, so I still sketchy. don't think I would have let you. So that's just so an sketchy. incredible stroke of luck to counter yes, your incredible were. stroke of bad luck. Yes. And poor so, decision making. So incredible. Um, yep. That was a good one. Sorry, and, that was uh, kind of a long story. No, but there's no. A lot of, I feel like there's a lot of detail in there. So. No, no, that's important. Um, it's also important to say, Baker, happy early birthday. Tomorrow yeah. is Baker's birthday, which I did not know until Jessica texted me, like yeah. just before we started recording. So uh, thank you, Jessica. Um, that was the thing I almost wanted to say those climbers. I thought about it later and I was like, you gave me the best birthday present ever, which is like <laughs> getting my bag back. You know, I was like, nothing could top this probably. Yeah, so, dude. I yeah. can't imagine spending my 54th birthday any better way. So dude, I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old to be <laughs> groveling around in, in dark, dank, like crawl spaces. It also was, kudos uh, for using the word dank in its proper, uh, form. Cause the only time I've ever heard that word used is, uh, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. You don't, don't want to get you don't want to get demonetized. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it was. Well, I hope you don't by just me using it. But it was, no. it was, it was cold and wet down there. If that's not dank, I don't know what is. So. That is that is some dank shit. Oh boy! Thank yeah. you, Baker. Uh, our next episode will hopefully be in person. So yes, fingers yes. crossed that works out. Um, yeah. thank you for coming on again. The most common You're you've welcome. done like almost twenty. Is this nineteen? Yeah, we episode? counted it last time. It's nineteen, like close I to think. That. Yeah, yeah, the 19th episode of Trail Tales. And the very first one on video. Super Everyone's cool. a blast. I know, it's true. I, I hope it'll look dumb. I'm going to like be embarrassed no, you look watching great. the YouTube you look video. Great. Good. All right, good. All right. Thank you, Baker. And thank you so much for watching, everybody. If you made it this far into the, to the episode, uh, dude, subscribe, man. You got to subscribe to the YouTube. Or if you're listening, you got to leave a five-star review and share this with a friend. That's an underrated thing for podcasters to say. We're always going on about the reviews, but 
share this episode with a friend. That's a great way to help support the show. And it costs you nothing except for a friendship, potentially, if they hate it. Thank you so much for listening and watching, everybody. And I'll see you guys next week. Woo! Against all odds. Yeah. We've done it. (laughs) 